Chapter Four of Zadig, or the Book of Fate, by Voltaire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Zadig, or the Book of Fate, Chapter for the envious man as zadig had met with such a series of misfortunes he was determined to ease the weight of them by the study of philosophy and the conversation of select friends he was still possessed of a little pretty box in the outparts of babylon which was furnished in a good taste where every artist was welcome and wherein he enjoyed all the rational pleasures that a virtuous man could well wish for in the morning his library was always open for the use of the learned at night his table was filled with the most agreeable companions but he was soon sensible by experience how dangerous it was to keep learned men company a warm dispute arose about a certain law of zoroaster which prohibited the eating of griffins but to what purpose said some of the company was that prohibition since there is no such animal in nature some again insisted that there must for otherwise zoroaster could never have been so weak as to give his pupils such a caution zadig in order to compromise the matter said gentlemen if there are such creatures in being let us never touch them and if there are not we are well assured we can't touch them so in either case we shall comply with the commandment a learned man at the upper end of the table who had composed thirteen volumes expatiating on every property of the griffin took this affair in a very serious light which would greatly have embarrassed zadig but for the credit of a magus who was brother to his friend cador from that day forward zadig ever distinguished and preferred good before learned company he associated with the most conversable men and the most amiable ladies in all babylon he made elegant entertainments which were frequently preceded by a concert of music and enlivened by the most facetious conversation in which as he had felt the smart of it he had laid aside all thoughts of showing his wit which is not only the surest proof that a man has none but the most infallible means to spoil all good company neither the choice of his friends nor that of his dishes was the result of pride or ostentation he took delight in appearing to be what he actually was and not in seeming to be what he was not and by that means got a greater real character than he actually aimed at directly opposite to his house lived eremazes one puffed up with pride who not meeting with success in the world sought his revenge and railing against all mankind rich as he was it was almost more than he could accomplish to 
procure even any parasites about him though the rattling of the chariots which stopped at zadig's door was a perfect nuisance to him yet the good character which everybody gave him was still a higher provocation he would sometimes intrude himself upon zadig and sat down at his table without any invitation when there he would most certainly interrupt the mirth of the company as harpies they say infect the very carrion that they eat eramazes took it in his head one day to invite a young lady to an entertainment but she instead of accepting of his offer spent the evening at zadig's another time as zadig and he were chatting together at court a minister of state came up to them and invited zadig to supper but took no notice of eramazes the most implacable aversions have frequently no better foundations this gentleman who was called the envious man would have taken away the life of zadig if he could because most people distinguished him by the title of the happy man an opportunity of doing mischief says zoroaster offers itself a hundred times a day but that of doing a friend a good office but once a year eramazes went one day to zadig's house when he was walking in his garden with two friends and a young lady to whom he said abundance of fine things with no other design but the innocent pleasure of saying them their conversation turned on a war that the king had happily put an end to between him and his vassal the prince of hyrcania zadig having signalized himself in that short war commended his majesty very highly but was more lavish of his compliments on the lady he took out his pocket-book and wrote four extempore verses on that occasion gave them to the lady to read the gentleman then present begged to be obliged with a sight of them as well as the lady but either through modesty or rather a self-consciousness that he hadn't happily succeeded he gave them a flat denial he was sensible that a sudden poetic flight must prove insipid to every one but the person in whose favour it is written whereupon he snapped the table into whereon the lines were wrote and threw both pieces into a rose-bush where they were hunted for but to no purpose soon after it happened to rain and all the company flew into the house but eramazes notwithstanding the shower he continued in the garden and never quitted it till he had found one moiety of the tablet which was unfortunately broke in such a manner that even the half-lines were good sense and good metre though very short but what was still more remarkably unfortunate they appeared at first view to be a severe satire upon the king the words were these two flagrant crimes his crown he owes two peaceful times the worst of foes this was the first moment that ever eramazes was happy he had it now in his power to ruin the most virtuous and innocent of men big with his execrable joy he flew to his majesty with this virulent satire of zadig's under his own hand not only zadig but his two friends and the lady were immediately close confined his cause was soon over for the judges turned a deaf ear to what he had to say when sentence of condemnation was passed upon him eramazes still spiteful was heard to say as he went out of court with an air of contempt that zadig's lines were treason indeed but nothing more though zadig didn't value himself on account of his genius for poetry yet he was almost distracted to find himself 
condemned for the worst of traitors and his two friends and the lady locked up in a dungeon for a crime of which he was no ways guilty he wasn't permitted to speak one word for himself his pocketbook was sufficient evidence against him so strict were the laws of babylon he was carried to the place of execution through a crowd of spectators who durstent condole with him and who flocked about him to observe whether his countenance changed or whether he died with a good grace his relations were the only real mourners for there was no estate in reversion for them three parts of his effects were confiscated for the king's use and the fourth was devoted as a reward to the use of the informer just at the time that he was preparing himself for death the king's parrot flew from her balcony into zadig's garden and alighted on a rose-bush a peach that had been blown down and drove by the wind from an adjacent tree just under the bush was glued as it were to the other moiety of the tablet away flew the parrot with her booty and returned to the king's lap the monarch being somewhat curious read the words on the broken tablet which had no meaning in them as he could perceive but seemed to be the broken parts of a tetris stick he was a great admirer of poetry and the odd adventure of his parrot put him upon reflection the queen who recollected full well the lines that were wrote on the fragment of zadig's tablet ordered that part of it to be produced both the broken pieces being put together they answered exactly the indentures and then the verses which zadig had written in a flight of loyalty ran thus tyrants are prone to flagrant crimes to clemency his crown he owes to concord and to peaceful times love only is the worst of foes upon this the king ordered zadig to be instantly brought before him and his two friends and the lady to be that moment discharged zadig as he stood before the king and queen fixed his eyes upon the ground and begged their majesty's pardon for his little worthless poetical attempt he spoke however with such a becoming grace and with so much modesty and good sense that the king and the queen ordered him to be brought before them once again he was brought accordingly and he pleased them still more and more in short they gave him all the immense estate of Theramazes, who had so unjustly accused him but zadig generously returned the wicked informer the whole to a farthing the envious man however was no ways affected but with the restoration of his effects zadig every day grew more and more in favour at court he was made a party in all the king's pleasures and nothing was done in the privy council without him the queen from that very hour showed him so much respect and spoke to him in such soft and endearing terms that in process of time it proved a fatal consequence to herself her royal consort to zadig and the whole kingdom zadig now began to think it was not so difficult a thing to be happy as at first he imagined End of chapter four